You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSESports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSE Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSE Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. If it comes up, it just it'll come up. So, ah, computers—they're—they're they're wonderful, fickle creatures, just like soccer players. Sometimes, we'll be talking about some of them on today's edition of the Foreign Affair Podcast. This is episode one sixty-eight. I want to say because I don't think that's right. That's what happens when you trust computers it's 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 terrible i am the the person trusting the computers today and my name is edward green and unfortunately mccullen crime west bradshaw is one more week gone from the pod but he will be back next week in all his splendor uh, as we will start to break down much more of what is going on uh, in the english premier league as we get started for the uh the 2017-18 Premier League season, not the Barclays Premier League season. It's been a whole year. We don't have to make that mistake anymore. And yes, this is episode 168 brought to you by NGSC Sports and NGSCSports.com. We never stop, which is, I believe, what uh, the U.S. Senate's talking about right now when they're discussing healthcare. We never stop wanting to put you out of your healthcare and Medicaid. It's great. John McCain's a war hero. Anyway, going to episode 168, uh, we will talk a little bit about the Gold Cup, just a quick review of the semifinals. Um, we are actually, I keep saying, wait, I am the only person here. I am taping this uh, just before 6.30 on Wednesday evening, afternoon-ish time period. Um, and because of that, the Gold Cup final between the United States and Jamaica is going to be taking place, uh, I believe, at, yes, it's 21.30, so that is, by my calculation, that is 8.30. Um, So we're about two hours away from that. So unfortunately, we'll not be talking about that this week. Uh, We will be talking about it next week on the pod, which I guess makes more sense. If we were doing this live, uh, we'd be able to have actually a live reaction to it because we'd probably be starting our recording right as it's finishing. but, you know, that's not how it's working. So uh, Wes and I will be discussing more about the Gold Cup final next week and our reactions to that. But I do have reactions to the semifinals. Uh, the first semifinal was Costa Rica nil, United States men's national team two goals from Josie. Now the third leading scorer in United States men's national team history somehow, Altidore, and now tied for leading goal scorer in USMNT history, Clint Dempsey, uh, just 10 minutes apart in the second half, all coming on when Clint Dempsey came on as a substitute. 
really generating a lot of offense for this team after his introduction, uh, which I want to see exactly when that was here. If this is going to tell me, no, it's not hot diggity dog. Uh, he wasn't on the field that long. Uh, Altador Skull came on in the 72nd minute and uh, Dempsey's sublime through ball for Altador put him in and uh, had him beat the Costa Rican keeper uh, rather easily. And then Altador ripped off his shot, his shirt, ripped off a shot and <laughs> ripped off his shirt so all the world could see his beloved nips. Um, so that was that was the first goal. And then Clint Dempsey on a free kick, as the as the announcers kept mentioning, just like the one against Honduras uh, just a couple weeks ago. Get it. He knew it was in. Start celebrating. Cue uh, a, a bemused Landon Donovan in the announcer booth. Hi, Landon. How you doing? So he felt great about that. Um, yeah, this this Concacaf website is a, is atrocious. So I I don't know. Uh, what I do know is the United States with a big two 0 victory over Costa Rica, cementing their place in the final, where I'm sure most people thought it was going to be against Mexico. It was not, as the Jamaican boys. This. They won 1-0 over Mexico. Kamar Lawrence with an 88th-minute goal to break Mexico's hearts. Um, El Tree controlled the ball almost two-thirds of the match um, and had four more shots on goal, 12-8, than Jamaica, and uh, also completed way more passes because of that. Um, Unfortunately, their passing accuracy was actually less than Jamaica's, and eventually it was Lawrence who ended up with his shot in the back of the net. Seven on-target shots for Mexico, none finding the destination they needed to to get them through, and and to maybe a bit of a shock to most, uh, Jamaica became the team that will face off with the United States in the Gold Cup final instead of Mexico. Uh, of course, the winner of this, uh, which will be taking place again tonight in Lima Stadium in Santa Clara, California, uh, the winner will be um, almost to a slot in the Confederations Cup uh, for 2021? Yes, 2021. Um, so if, uh, if whoever wins this, if they also win the 2019 Gold Cup, that team will be going to the 2021 Confederations Cup in uh, Qatar, which is great to think about, um, but unfortunately, uh, it's, it's there. Oh god, that's such a mess. Still, um, it's going to be probably taking place in the winter of that year, which could be very interesting because if the United States is the representative, most of their players will probably be from MLS, or at least not in Europe, and that's when MLS is off. So they could basically take a full squad and just be like, hey, what's up, guys? Um, so we'll have to see how that goes. But first things first, the United States have to beat Jamaica tonight to solidify that. It'll be the first Gold Cup championship since 2013 when the United States last won it uh, under uh, head coach Jurgen Klinsmann. So we'll have to see if they can get their second one in four years. Uh, again, they'll be playing Jamaica tonight, and Wes and I will recap that next week. Um, I've had a lot of people say, hey, isn't there another tournament going on in the United States? No. No, there's not. And everybody knows why there's not. So there. 
people are telling me, and Tottenham playing something like no, no, they're not. That, you can't prove that. You can't. You can't. Those are lies. Those are lies and scandal. That's what those are. And potentially very bad pitches for people to play on and probably get somebody hurt. Anyway, so that is the only soccer going on right now. Champions League qualifiers going on. I'm going to try to pull those up real quick here for you guys. Um, not that you probably care. We are in the third qualifying round. Yes, third qualifying round. So we're actually getting pretty close. Um, the third qualifying round has such luminaries as uh, Astania, who was actually in the Champions League last year. Uh, Celtic. Can't, can't tell me that's not what their name is. Ajax is also in it. Nice. Oh, Miss Bradshaw is just listening to this and rolling over in his car. Um, and uh, Club Bruges, uh, CSK Moscow, uh, also in it. Young uh, Denimo Kiev uh, as well. So lots of teams playing in it. That's the third qualifying round, which is actually taking place right now. First legs have already happened. Second legs to come on August 2nd for just about everybody. One game is taking place on August 1st. So next week... We will have the teams that will be in the playoff round. And, of course, those winners uh, will then be heading into the group stage. So, yep, and the losers will be going into the Europa League playoff round. So there will be more European football for all these teams. It's just will they continue on with the quest to try and make the Champions League or will they end up in the Europa League? Teams waiting in the uh, playoff round right now are Sevilla, Napoli, Liverpool, 1899, Hoffenheim, and Sporting out of Portugal. Um, so those are the te- five teams that are waiting. So again, um, five teams that will potentially join them are Stabukarest, Victoria Pisa, Nice, Ajax, Dynamo Kiev, Young Boys, uh, Athens, CSK, Moscow, Club Bruges, and Istanbul, Basakshir. So... Uh, Five of those ten teams will join the five I just mentioned. Um, They will play head-to-head, and then those five teams will go into the Champions League group stage, as well as uh, ten teams from there. So still lots to go before the Champions League draw. I want to actually see when is the draw. The draw will be on August 24th. So by my reckoning, that means we are almost a month away from the draw, a little less than a month away from the Champions League group stage draw. That's it's going to be fun. We'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see how that goes. There there's already the uh, the generator that you can go use and and see what your group of death could potentially be. Uh, but right now some interesting teams right now in uh, waiting to see who they can be playing and even who will be in what pots. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur actually still waiting to see right now if they're going to be in pot two or pot three. Most likely in pot three. Um, I believe the only way they wouldn't be at this point is if both Sevilla and Napoli got knocked out uh, of the, the playoff round. Um, which probably isn't going to happen. So, But you never know. You never, ever know. But that is the Champions League uh, playoff stuff going on right now. So late August, we'll have our group stage. And, oh, there will be plenty to talk about then. Um, plenty to talk about, though, in the transfer window, which is still going crazy. Um, we could talk 
Coutinho, not done deal yet. Not talking about it. Iktaok, Mbapp, 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 do Bop, Mbappe, Kylian Mbappe. Um, not a done deal either. We talk Alexis Sanchez. Not a done deal. We talk Neymar. Not a done deal. Thought it would have been actually by now. Not a done deal. Um, we're, just, we're still waiting. So maybe. Who knows? Um, but when those deals go final, we'll obviously be talking about them on here. Um, but none of them are. Uh, despite of wild evidence to the contrary. Uh, we do have three to talk about, though, um, especially in our Premier League right here. Um, two for West Ham. Their offense is going to get bolstered a lot. Uh, if Big Andy can't stay on the pitch, they got Big Marco. Uh, Marco Arnautovic uh, has transferred from Stoke to West Ham. Uh, he's going to get, uh, it's going to cost West Ham 20 million pounds uh, with a potential 5 million more. That is a club record fee for West Ham, which I believe that they might have already broken. Let me let me check real real quick for you guys. Um, I was I was kind of thinking that article may have been old. Uh, no, apparently it is not. No, that is that is still the record signing. Uh, I. Th- thought that another one had eclipsed it, and that would have been of one Javier Chicharito Hernandez also going to West Ham, the former Manchester United man, is heading over to that part of London and is going to uh, to try and help out uh, West Ham get back up uh, into the heights they were just two years ago when they made it into the Europa League. Um, We'll see. Uh, he's 29 years old. He scored 34 goals uh, in the Bundesliga last year, uh, as well in Bundesliga and European competitions. And that was actually over two years at Leverkusen. Um, so he's back in the Premier League, of course. Again, had his run at Manchester United. But West Ham trying to really bolster this offense. Um, last year, uh, West Ham only has scored 47 goals in 38 games. And according to Optijo on Twitter, um, Marko Arnautovic led the way for Stoke in chance created in each of his four seasons in the Premier League. So... We'll see uh, how uh, West Ham can do with that. Slavon Bilic obviously needing a very good start to the season after uh, he was kind of put on the hot seat at the end of last year. So we'll see if those can be integrated well into the squad. Another one coming in. This is the Manchester City. And a five-year deal for a Monaco player. It's not, it's not Kylian Mbappe. It's instead Benjamin Mendy, uh, who's coming over to the Etihad, um, signing, again, a five-year deal. And this could be one of the ones that kind of strengthens the Mbappe's gone rumors. Like If, if guys like um, uh, Mendy had stayed at Monaco, maybe the board could say, like, hey, you know, let's keep this a lot of this group together one more year and see what we can do. No, it, it looks like the sales has started. And the sale have started to move. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. And, and really seems like it's pushing Mbappe out the door. But Mendy to Manchester City um, coming over now. And, of course, uh, according to Squawka Football, Pep Guardiola has now spent £171 million on defenders since joining the club last summer. That's that's insane. That's insane. That's, of course, they also bought uh, Danilo... Um, who apparently is going to try to fight Kyle Walker for the right back position? Because that's what you want—seventy-five million pounds worth of transfers going to 
Guys in the same position. Yep. $300 million over the last four years, actually. The Man City has spent on defenders. And their defense is terrible. It's probably going to stay that way. I don't see how this solves the problem at all. No disrespect to Benjamin Mendy. Good luck. As soon as Vossal Company gets hurt. Um, so that we're going to have to see how that does because whew, that's a lot of money. Um, it's a lot of money to spend on the weakest part of your team that doesn't really show any growth. So that is our final transfer, though, of the week. And that's going to do it for our soccer talk. Um, we're going to head right now into the watch four. And uh, what I have been watching this week is watching uh, other people get wrecked that come up on me when I'm playing Splatoon 2. Because right now I am I am just straight up dominating when I play during my lunch break and nobody else is really on and all the people that are on aren't very good. I am straight up dominating in Splatoon 2, just fitting like a glove. Uh, Nintendo, another fantastic job with the Splatoon series. Just, just such a great game. Feels so good, plays so well, um, and just has been working very well. Uh, no internet problems to speak of. Um, Single-player mode's been good so far. I, it's not the strong point of the series, but it's it's been nice to have. And, uh, and yeah, that multiplayer is as good as ever. It's it's really, really strong. So, um, whereas ARMS is still taking me a little while to get used to, man, Splatoon 2 is just like an old friend has come home and has just been amazing. So, uh, if you have a Switch, 1,000% recommend getting Splatoon 2. It is fan-freaking Fantastic. Um, also went and rewatched Spider-Man Homecoming with one name techno producer Jackie. Uh, that's still a good movie. Still, that's a, that's still a good movie. That's uh, that's a, that's a good one. That's a good one too. So, uh, if you haven't seen Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, go check it out. It's really really good. Um, with that, uh, I believe. We are going to head into a little bit of Sora. So why don't we join Wes Bradshaw as he calls in to the uh, to the panic room here and uh, gives us the smackdown. We, we can't use that. That's that's probably trademarked. Um, as, he, as he gets all oiled up and just slides right in to help you not get so raw. Wes, take it away. All right, what's up, guys? Coming to you tonight. Uh, it's about 3.15 in the a.m., and we are on the road, and we are bringing you guys this week's edition of So Raw. Folks, don't worry. I'll be back next week. We're going to talk some soccer. I've got you a really good Andrew Robertson story. Uh, we're going to talk about some, some cool things coming up with Liverpool. The Premier League's right around the corner. Everything's about to kick off. Everything's about to go crazy here in Wes and Ed's world. We're so excited we're going to have you more of that next week. And hopefully next week I'll have you some more signing news for the great mighty Liverpool. And of course we will be just that much closer. We will hit August next week. We'll be that much closer to the Premier League season kicking off. We're literally a couple of weeks away. It's crazy to think the Premier League is almost back. But it's almost back in our lives. But what is the one constant in our lives year after year, month after month, week after week? The sport of 
professional wrestling. That's right, that's what I meant. I said sport of professional wrestling. It's still real to me, damn it. Alright, though, somehow this week the WWE they hit they hit a home run. That's right, Ed Green's here in this going, oh my god, are you serious? That's right, and they hit a home run after kind of laying a stinker on Sunday night with the Battleground pay-per-view, which had some decent moments. I had one really good match we'll, we'll touch on, but for the most part of me, it was kind of, eh. Oh, ho-hum. Oh, ho-hum. Uh, unless you get to the Kevin Owens-AJ Styles match, which was a, a good match. Not the best Owens Styles we've seen or will see. And it had kind of a funky finish to it, but it got the story across, and the story was to put the title back on Kevin Owens. The United States title just a couple of weeks after AJ Styles had beaten him at Madison Square Garden in the big house show, won the title, kind of shot the world with that. Because as we know, the title never changes hands at house shows anymore. Kevin Owens comes back on pay-per-view, beats AJ Styles, regains the United States Championship. And once again, what was a good match, probably the best match of the night I saw, this just wasn't a great pay-per-view to me. I expect a lot more from uh, the SmackDown brand going into SummerSlam, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. Um, but the main event of the night was the Punjabi prison match. Randy Orton and Jinder Mahal. Mahal retains the WWE SmackDown Championship. I guess we're just calling that still the WWE Championship. Jinder Mahal retains it. Um, Orton was on his way out with a shock return by the great colleague. Uh, he Randy Orton in a choke, held him in the cage, and uh, Mahal was able to climb over the cage, get the win. Mahal, another win over Orton. Thank God, I think that has finally ended the Jenner Mahal Randy Orton feud, which, personally, on my level, I could care, I couldn't care less about that feud at the time it was over. Randy Orton as a babyface does nothing for me. Um, and hopefully, you know, hopefully we're going to see Orton off TV for maybe a few weeks. Maybe. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked to see Orton hold off till after SummerSlam. Because it doesn't look like he has a ready-made uh, feud to jump into. But I'd like to see, I, want, I like Viper Randy Orton. I like when Randy Orton is sneaky and conniving and hitting people with those RKOs out of nowhere. It's not really much of a good guy move to hit people with RKOs out of nowhere. It's just my fault. What I've been thinking at the time. Thank you, Jay-Z. Um, so, we, we do the Battleground pay-per-view. And I'll tell you what, we'll just go right into SmackDown with that because uh, Tuesday night SmackDown, man, coming off Monday night, just fantastic Raw, one of the best Raws that anyone's seen in a while. And we, we will touch that in just a couple minutes. Uh, Tuesday Night SmackDown was able to even steal some heat back from Raw. And how did they do it? They did it with, what was I telling you, the, the match of the night the night before. Styles, Owens, looked like we were going to keep continuing that feud when all of a sudden making a shock return to the WWE. Why to Jay Chris Jericho was back reuniting again uh, in, in war against his old pal and then his old nemesis Kevin Owens. We 
we end up getting a triple threat match for the United States Championship to end the night. And lo and behold, AJ Styles once again wins the WWE United States Championship as he, as he gets it over on Owens. He gets the belt back. Jericho was fantastic on the match. Jer Chris Jericho is just... Chris Jericho is a bona fide WWE superstar. Has been for, God, at this point, nearly 20 years. God, I remember when Jericho came in. It was 1999 when Jericho made his debut. One of the great Raw debuts of all time. We, you know, we had the months-long countdown to Y2J. And, I mean, Chris Jericho's... This could be the best version of Chris Jericho we've ever seen. The whole the scarf, the list, the best friends. I mean, it, is, it has just been so incredibly entertaining uh, in the last six to eight months with Chris Jericho. I think he's been magnificent. He comes back and he puts on a hell of a show in that triple threat. You start on the fact that you've got two of the best workers in WWE and maybe the best wrestler in the world at the moment and AJ Styles. Uh, you know, some King Omega fans, a few Okada fans might argue with it, but it's hard to argue that fact that AJ Styles is at the very least a top three guy in the world right now. They have a magnificent match. Styles regains the United States Championship just two nights after losing it. There's been some debate on is WWE flip-flopping this title too much. We've seen in the past where they've kind of hot-potated the title around to different people. I personally get a different reading, a different feeling from Owens and Styles. To me, it says, you know, you've got two of the absolute top players in the game right now. Any given night, they can beat the other one. And I think that's what that Madison Square Garden, that house shot, I think that's what that really proved. Well, it's not just that they're trying to hot potato the title and get a pop out of it, but they see these two guys as both massive legitimate threats to be the top guy at any time. So why wouldn't you be able to, you know, if you're a top guy and I'm a top guy, why wouldn't I be able to knock you off every now and then and you knock me off every now and then? And when you have the United States Championship in there, uh, that just kind of adds to the gravity of everything that happens. And now here we go. You, you have two title changes in about a two-day period. AJ Styles, once again, your United States Champion. That's how he goes home on the night as United States champion. Uh, I'm very interested to see how long Jericho is going to be sticking around. I hope we'll get Jericho through the summer, especially through SummerSlam, just because he's Chris Jericho. Drink it in, man. man! This guy, he's too much fun to keep off TV. You know, we uh, we we all need a little Y2J in our lives, and I'm sure Mr. Chris Jericho would agree with that. Um, Jinder Mahal, as we said, the end of the Randy Orton feud, thank God. And now Jinder Mahal comes out on SmackDown and says, you know, who's going to be my opponent at, uh, at SummerSlam? Gets a little anti-American in there, and who comes out in green, you know, is Mr. America himself, John Cena. Do, 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 do. That's right in. Do, 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 do. I think he left the shovel backstage, but he did come down. John Cena comes out and cuts his normal John Cena. You're not going to talk down about America promo. Which, I mean, I'm not really hating on John Cena. It's just John Cena's John Cena. Uh, Cena announces, announces himself that he will be Jinder Mahal's opponent for the world title at SummerSlam. 
And as the collective groan goes up, here comes our general manager, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan looks at John Cena and says, John, you're great, but on SmackDown, you're not given opportunities. you got to earn opportunities. And if you want a shot at Jinder Mahal, you're going to have to win a number one contenders match, which will be next week on SmackDown. And he will be taking on Shinsuke Nakamura. So next week, we've got Nakamura and Cena, which is one of those, you call that, that's one of the dream matches that Cena has talked about wanting to come back and have. Um, I, I, as much as I love Nakamura, and I would love to see Nakamura in that title picture right now, uh, I think he would really give it a little jolt in the arm. I can't see the SmackDown brand being headlined at, uh, at SummerSlam. Jinder Mahal and Shinsuke Nakamura being that match. So I've got a, I've got a feeling somehow John Cena's going to win that match next week. Maybe if that doesn't happen, you know, we could maybe see a triple threat, maybe a multi-man something in the works there. But I just think Cena beat goes over on Nakamura. <sighs> That's not really a killer to Nakamura. I mean, trust me, everybody at this point has gotten has had Cena go over. It seems like. Other than AJ Styles. Interesting. Let me keep that there. Cena's never beaten Styles. So at least we have that one sparked. But that that's a really intriguing match for next week. Nakamura, Cena. Um, Nakamura just seems like he's been at a step below where he should be since he's been called up to the main roster. Getting him with somebody in John Cena's caliber. I think we're going to see even a, a, a step up from Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, when you get him in the ring now with someone who who can go, who's over to whatever extent John Cena's over with whoever he's over with, um, and a guy who has proven to put on great match after great match, I'm really excited about next Tuesday night. I think that, I think they can go and do some really good things. Um, the Usos came out, took out New Day. New Day won the tag titles at Battlefield from the Usos. The Usos when they beat down. You know, the best beatdowns are when you kind of suspend reality for me. Oh, God, he's already kicking the shit out of them. And that's what the way they did to Kofi Kingston. They were literally like dragging his lifeless body around. And um, so, uh, you know, give it up to the Usos, Jimmy and Jay Uso. Two guys who, I mean, really a year ago this time were a gimmick that were loved by 10-year-old kids and most of the smarts and the marks kind of rolled their eyes when the Usos came. I always appreciated the Usos just because, you know, they seemed like cool guys and they enjoyed They really showed they enjoyed what they were doing. I thought they were really athletic. But this mean streak and this heel turn that they've taken where they ditched the face paint, they ditched kind of the island gimmick, and they're just, they're just like kind of these hard dudes been really interesting. They've been really interesting of late, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, SmackDown needs something to happen with their tag titles. We're going to talk about Raw's tag team division in a minute, which suddenly has become like, holy shit, this is, this is really good and really deep right now. SmackDown, on the other hand, with Jason Jordan going to Raw, they've lost American Alpha. And Breezango are kind of doing their own thing with the Fashion X-Files. I mean, those are kind of the only two tag teams right now on SmackDown is the New Day, which they're fantastic, and the Usos are fantastic. 
there is no tag team depth in that division. So those two are going to have to kind of carry it for the moment, see where it goes. But I think you're going to see them at SummerSlam coming up. All right, so there's your SmackDown for the week, your pay-per-view, your SmackDown show. Let's go to Raw, which, oh my God, Ed Green, hold on to your hat, which I doubt you're wearing a hat right now because you're a professional and pros don't wear hats. Um, Raw, Raw started hot, and by God, Raw ended hot. That's right. Raw brought the heat this week, and was, it was seriously from top to bottom one of the best Raws I've seen definitely in 2017 it might be the top raw of 2017 but they really brought the heat they they started it off with kurt angle in the ring trying to decide who was going to be the number one contender and face brock lesnar at SummerSlam for the title he couldn't decide well first braun Strowman came out and said he wanted he wanted to go because he won his match at great balls of fire and Roman Reigns didn't win his match. Obviously, Braun Strowman beat him. Samoa Joe lost to Braun Lesnar, so Braun Strowman deserves that, that title shot. And then out comes Samoa Joe, who is not happy with it. Samoa Joe wants a rematch. He felt he had Lesnar on the ropes at Great Balls of Fire before Lesnar escaped. He wants it. Well, folks, you know, we can't have anything without the big dog, Roman Reigns, coming out. Reigns comes out, and, you know, of course, Reigns wants to be in that match as well. So Kurt Angle says, all right, easy enough. Fatal four-way at SummerSlam for the WWE Universal Championship held by Brock Lesnar. Folks, there's been a lot of rumors lately about Lesnar maybe making his return to UFC uh, after serving his suspension of, of, of him not signing a contract after WrestleMania. His contract runs out at WrestleMania in March or early April, excuse me. And this could be the place where Vince McMahon decides, you know, I'm not taking any chances. We're going to take the belt off of Lesnar. And, you know, that's where the big question comes. Do you go with the easy choice, well, the easy Vince McMahon choice, which is, oh, I put on Reigns, oh, Reigns, which everybody's going to shit on. Um, or you've got these two behemoth badasses. You've got Joe, you got Samoa Joe. And you've got Braun Strowman. Do you want to take a chance and put the belt on one of those two guys? The thing with Braun Strowman is Braun Strowman's supposed to be a heel, and he's getting massive babyface pops, um, including for me. I literally get a smile and get giddy when Braun Strowman comes out because, as I've said before, he's like a freaking '80s Hulk Hogan monster heel. And those guys are long gone, and we've got one in Braun. And Braun's just to me, I just I find him so entertaining. I find him so enjoyable to watch. He's gotten so much better. His mic work to me is fantastic, even though it's kind of rudimentary. Um, and then there's Samoa Joe, who literally in a fight might be able to kick. He, I, he can kick a lot of people in this world's ass. And Samoa Joe can probably walk into UFC, train for six months, and go out and win UFC fights. He's that kind of dude. He's so believable in the ring because everything Samoa Joe does looks real. Uh, you know, he doesn't waste motion. He goes in. He's he's uh, he's he's very German. He's very efficient, and he just makes it look like everything hurts so bad, which is exactly what 
you know, your wrestling champion is supposed to do is hurt people. Um, so, Fatal 4-Way coming up at SummerSlam in a great segment to start the night. Um, as we said, it kicked off high and it stayed high the rest of the night. You had Elias Sampson uh, taking on Finn Balor. And, and a match that's been going on now for about a month. Elias Sampson has maybe the most natural heat in WWE right now um, just because of his character, the drifter who a lot of people really hate this guy. I enjoy him. I, I enjoy him as a heel, which means I'm certainly not pulling for him over Finn Balor, but I appreciate the reactions this guy gets, and I think he's getting pretty damn good. You know, he's still young. He's, he's much greener, obviously, than a Finn Balor who is one of the top performers in the world and has been for a while now. He's certainly not to that level, but this guy has so much potential. I mean, he's athletic. He's got a good build. I, I think the character is interesting. The character is like this asshole drifter who wants to sing you his damn written songs, but it's not like an old honky-tonk man where they're corny songs. He kind of reminds me of the guy Harry Heck in the Punisher movie. You know, he kind of has that you know, quiet, slow, methodical movement to it. I like it. Uh, that match has ended um, when Bray Wyatt, it's a no DQ match, all of a sudden, uh, as looks like Finn Balor's about to win, Bray Wyatt, the lights go off, they come back on, and Wyatt has a, drops him in a sister Abigail, Samson crawls on top of him, gets the one, two, three, so last Samson gets really another win over Finn Balor. And I just think it's good for him. I don't think it hurts Finn because Finn has looked so strong in these matches. Yeah, he's putting over Samson, but he's looked really good. And now it looks like we're finally going to get that Bray Wyatt-Finn uh, Balor match, which I think a lot of us wanted to see. You've got to assume since Balor has come uh, back from his injury, We have not seen the demon Finn Balor. We have not seen the painted up, uh, the venom paint, the demon. We have not seen that character. And Balor has explained in, in interviews, and they put this over really well, how you know, the demon, and this is how it should be so you don't overexpose that part of the character, is the demon comes out when Finn Balor has been pushed and pushed and pushed and can't be pushed anymore. Um, and, you know, we'll see if... I mean, I think obviously fighting Bray Wyatt, you know, Bray Wyatt with kind of the mysticism and the, you know, the, the black magic, obviously that's who you want to see the demon come out against. I just don't know if they have enough time to build it enough where it makes sense for him to be the demon at SummerSlam. SummerSlam is August 27th. As I record this at 3.30 in the morning, it is July 27th. That gives you one month, and we're exactly one month out from SummerSlam. I don't see how you could build it enough where Balor would be ready to break out the demon against Bray Wyatt. It would be an amazing visual at SummerSlam. People would love it. I just think maybe they held off on this a little too long to get that in. But hey, we'll see. It's WWE. Doing logical shit has never exactly been their strong suit. So moving on, yeah, I mentioned it earlier how, you know, right now the SmackDown Tag Team Division is literally a two-team race. 
the Raw Tag Team Division is as good and as healthy right now and will only get healthier over the next few months as I think I've seen it in really a long time. You've got Sheamus and Cesaro who have become a legitimate tag team. You've got them holding the belts right now. You've got the Hardys who are the legends who just lost the titles who we're waiting for any moment for the broken gimmick to come out on the Hardys and really just put them over the moon in WWE TV right now. Uh, you've got the Revival who have just come back from injury who, uh, I mean, might legitimately be the best tag team in the world right now. And that's no offense to the Young Bucks who are probably the most exciting tag team in the world right now and definitely are the best selling tag team in the world right now. But the Revival, the Revival do tag team wrestling the way tag team wrestling is supposed to be. You know, as much as I love the Bucks and the flips and the, the super kicks, the Revival wrestle tag team wrestling like it was done in the 80s. They, and the, the comparison that comes to mind to so many people is Arn and Tully from the Four Horsemen years, the Brain Busters years. And those guys were absolute technicians. And that's what the Revival are. The Revival are out there to inflict pain. Uh, they, they, they effectively strategize as a tag team. They cut off the ring. They make the tags. They do the legal double teams. They do the good illegal stuff when the rev isn't looking. But they just, they don't oversell it. And they are just, they are so good. Those guys are in such a sweet spot right now. And then, of course, to top it off, you've got Gunn and Gallows, who literally before coming to WWE, you could have maybe called Anderson and Gallows the best tag team in the world. Um, I, I haven't been the biggest fan of their booking in WWE. I think they've been booked a little weaker than they should have. But on Monday night, we got the Revival versus Anderson and Gallows. It was a really good match. And the thing is, I know they could have a, an even better match than that. The Hardys came out at the end. <clears throat> uh, right now, you've got four really strong, excellent teams on Raw. And I am so excited, really, to finally watch tag team wrestling again on the Raw brand because it's, it's really good. It's really good, folks. There's nothing else like They're just really good right now. All right, let's top this one off with uh, the main event of the night. We talked about last week, the two-on-three, Ambrose and Rollins, two-thirds of the old shield, taking on the Miz and the Miztourage, Axel and Bo Dallas. Really, really entertaining match. Um, what everyone, I think, went into this match looking for were the hints of the reformation of the shield. Uh, that, that's been the talk the last few weeks, the Shield, the Shield, and why wouldn't it be? I mean, they're the most dominant faction in, you know, recent WWE history, uh, one of the best of all time. And, of course, you all know I'm a huge mark for the Shield. I really want to see the Shield come back. Uh, Rollins and Ambrose do some cool stuff. They do the uh, stereo suicide dives together. They end up getting the win, and then after the match, the moment everyone was kind of waiting for, Rollins puts down the fist, which if you remember the shield, the, the, the kind of handshake, the hallmark of the shield was the three fists kind of down and in together. Rollins puts down his fist, Ambrose looks at him, just turns around and walks away, leaves him walking. There is animosity there, there is friction, but there is also the makings of a fantastic team because, I mean, hey, they were the shield. 
and those were the two workers of the shield were Ambrose and Rollins. You know, Reigns was the hot, Reigns was the heat guy. He was the muscle. He was the heater, which, by the way, was still his best role ever. But those two can work. They can work together. The chemistry is there with those two. And I'm really excited to go on the trip of wherever uh, Rollins and Ambrose are going. I'm just, I'm excited for it. I'm going to tell you right now, I've, uh, this is as excited as, uh, as I've been for Raw in a long time. Uh, you know, when SmackDown, when they initially split, SmackDown kicked the shit out of Raw. I think Raw took their tails, figured it out, and they have just come up with a much better product. Damn it, you got thrown in there. Bailey beat Sasha Banks. She'll face Alexa Bliss at uh, SummerSlam for the women's title. Alexa Bliss came out. She's still gorgeous she's my goddess i love her so much i told my wife i love her my wife just rolled her eyes and said well good for you okay folks that is enough god i've gone long this week i am sorry but we had a lot to fit in we had some good stuff we're going to talk more next week uh we're going to talk liverpool we're going to talk more footy the premier league's coming our winter is almost over the premier league's coming i love you guys i'll see you next week ed green i love you brother talk to you soon that has been this week's so raw and thank you so much, Wes, for that. Um, getting us getting us nice and raw on the week. Um, SummerSlam, yay. Um, like I said, he'll be back next week. Uh, we'll talk about the USMNT versus Jamaica in the Gold Cup final reactions to that. Uh, we'll have plenty more news and notes as we hit the transfer market. And uh, we'll probably start previewing the upcoming 2017-18 Premier League season. It is just weeks away, so... Soccer took a little brief respite, and now it's back in full force. And I want to thank again our sponsors, uh, NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. You can find them on Twitter. You can also find us on Twitter. As a collective, we are at AFA Pod. Uh, Wes is at Wes Bradshaw 21, and I am at Edward Green. You can find us also via our parent company, The Company, uh, also known as The All New Sports Show, on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also email us at that address, allnewsportsshow, gmail.com. As always, this podcast is powered by Zencaster, and you can find it at all great podcast locations, including podbean.com, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Play Music, the iTunes Music Store, and much, much more. Um, We'll be back next week, like I said, for episode 169. Uh, Wes will be back live, and it will be a fantastic epi. Uh, quick little what for the week. Um, <laughs> Team Liquid, what are you doing? Just, I don't, I don't need to say anything more than that. Just, what are you doing? <sighs> I think I'll see us this week. Um, the big matchup is probably... Dig versus Immortals. Let's call it that. Dig versus Immortals. Saturday, 6 o'clock Eastern. The Canon Time Zone. Check it out. On NALCS this week. Uh, I am Edward Green, though. I'm going to do it for us here on the Foreign Affair Podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. Join us again next week. One last time, we will be talking Gold Cup Final. Until we see you again, stay safe and enjoy the football. Don't you dare enjoy that International Champions Cup. That is, that is, that is great A bullshit. That's what that is. I don't even care.
NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.